Do you think Peter thought, I can handle it. You must be one of him. You look like his followers. Your speech gives you away. You must be one of him. Do you think Peter thought, I can handle it. Folks, let us never, ever take sin lightly. Because that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. In Romans chapter 1, these individuals there in Romans chapter 1, they thought they could handle it. And because of their continued disobedience and failure to come to a full uh, knowledge of God, God gave them over to the very sins they were consumed in. Galatians chapter 5. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 if you will. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, I love this passage of Scripture. I call this the battle. This is our battle. If you choose to follow God, this will be your battle. But I want you to notice that that the writer gives a list of the sins of the flesh. But he says in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident. And in verse 24, after he lists those things, he says, I'm sorry, verse 21, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, let us never take sin lightly. I want you to think, and this is kind of tough for us to do individually, but I want you to think this morning, what sin is it? What sin is it in your life that's coming between you and a relationship with Jesus? What sin is it this morning that might be holding me back and holding me in the darkness? Don't take sin lightly. If you have that type of sin... Make it right today. 1 John chapter 1. The writer says in verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. I'm reminded of a story. And those of you I know from camp, I'm not sure if I told this story while I was there or not. But I love this story. It's the story of this young Indian. And one day he's in line to be the next Indian chief. And he goes through life and and it seems like, you know, when sometimes he does things that are good and sometimes he just, he does things that are bad. And so here he is in line to be the next Indian chief and he decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to the old Indian chief. So he goes to the old Indian chief who, by the way, is is pretty much on his deathbed by this time. And he approaches the Indian chief and he says, Chief, 
someday when I am chief, I want to be a good chief. But it's like, it's like there's two dogs inside of me fighting. And he says, when I listen to the good dog, I do, I do good things. But when I listen to the bad dog, I do bad things. What do I do to overcome this problem so that I can be a good chief? The chief thinks for a moment and he raises up with his old frail eyes. And he looks at the young man and he says, Feed the good dog. Feed the good dog. Galatians chapter 5, there's a battle going on. There's, there's a good dog and a bad dog. Which one are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to that bad dog and be pulled back down into that darkness? Are we going to listen to the good dog and be drawn to the light? You see, when I survey the cross, I see darkness. But when I survey the cross, I see something else. John chapter 1 and verse 29, I see a Savior. John 1 and verse 29, the Bible says, the next day John saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. What does a Savior do? A Savior saves. Exactly right. He saves. It's as if a Savior, if there were an oncoming car coming right at us, or someone who's pulled a gun and has pulled the trigger and the bullet comes at us, it's as if a Savior pushes us out of the way and takes the hit from the car or takes the bullet for us. He takes our place. Do you remember in Matthew 27, particularly verse 16, the Bible says about Barabbas that he was a notorious prisoner. He, he wasn't in there for taking candy. That's not why he was in prison. And Pilate says, it's, it's your custom that I release to you a prisoner. Who do you want? Barabbas! Give us Barabbas! And Jesus didn't say a word. And He took the place of the notorious prisoner, Barabbas. The reality is, I'm Barabbas. And Jesus takes my place on the cross. John chapter 4. I want you to notice. John chapter 4. Oh, I wish, I wish we had time to, to think about this passage. Because I believe this passage in John chapter 4 will give us an idea of what true evangelism is. You see, many people in Samaria, they believe Jesus because of the Samaritan woman. Because she told them 
about Jesus. She, because of her belief and because of her sharing Jesus and what Jesus had done in her life, they believed. But notice this, when they really met Jesus, verse 42, then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because what you said only, for we ourselves have heard Him and we know this. This is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Oh, when we survey the wondrous cross, we see, we see darkness. <clears throat> and we see the Savior. But I want you to notice in the third place and final place this morning. When we survey the wondrous cross, we see the responses of the cross. Maybe you talked about these in class this morning. We tried to touch base... But I want us to think about a few of these responses to the cross and then the lesson will be yours. Think about Judas. Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 and 5. Judas had become remorseful for what he had done. For he had betrayed the Lord. But when he betrayed the Lord, he couldn't forgive himself. In 27, verses 3 through 5, he was remorseful and he tried to return the silver to the people. And yet, he could not. Excuse me. He could not forgive himself. Instead of turning to Jesus, the Savior of the world, he tried to return the money to those leaders. And they said, see to it. What did he do? Because... He found no hope. He went out and the Bible says He hung Himself. That was His response to the cross. And then what about the Jewish leaders? They lied about Jesus. They began to hate Him and despise Him. They shouted out, crucify Him. And they persuaded others to do the same. <coughs> Satan is the master of deception. We see it in the story of Adam and Eve. We see it all through Scripture. We see it in Matthew chapter 4 when Satan comes to tempt Jesus. And we see him working that way today. And those Jewish leaders, they were deceived by Satan. What about the soldiers? They beat him. They spat on him. They, they forced that crown of thorns down on his head. And they mocked him and made fun of him. Let's ask ourselves a question. Do we mock Jesus today by the way we live? Barry, will your life honor the Lord or give Him another beating? Luke chapter 23, we see the criminals. The criminals on the cross. They even cursed Jesus. But one of them realized... We are getting what we deserve, but not this man. And he turns to Jesus and he says, Today will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, Today you will be with me in paradise. Christ followers. Matthew 26 and verse 56. The followers of Christ, the Bible says, Then all the disciples forsook Him and fled. 
in the midst of an opportunity to stand for Jesus, they ran. Likely some of those who stood in John John chapter 12 and said, Hosanna, were nowhere to be found. Have we forsook Jesus in the way that we live? Maybe we're here today, but but like the Bible speaks about, maybe we're here today, but our heart just isn't here. Maybe we're here today, but we're not really in love with Jesus. That was their response. Then I want you to think about one final response. My response. When I survey the cross of Jesus, I see darkness. We see a Savior. And we see many, many, multiple responses to the cross. But what about me? What's my response? The song that was led. When I survey the wondrous cross. You see, when I realize what Jesus did, it demands my soul, my life, my all. When you see Jesus on that cross and you think about what He's done, what will your response be? Today? Tomorrow? And every day you're able to take a breath on this earth. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily. And what? Follow me. We've looked at the cross. And the reality is that one day we will stand on the judgment. And we need a Savior. We need someone who has been here and walked on this earth and can stand before God and plead our case and say, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. What will your response be today? Have you put on Jesus Christ in baptism? Do you believe in Him? If you're here today, we plead with you. I've talked with the elders. I know how they feel about you and about people turning to Jesus. And if you're here today and you're not a child of God, I know it's their prayer. I know it's their plea. But you will do like the eunuch did in Acts chapter 8 and you will go back in the watery grave of baptism and you will say, I surrender all to You, Lord. I'm ready to deny myself and die to myself so that I might be risen with You to walk anew and to go on Your way rejoicing saying with words and actions, I believe in Jesus and I believe He's my Savior and I want you to follow Him too. Have you done that? It's our prayer that you will. Maybe it is you're here today. And you have a lot of burdens on you. 
What better time? Look around. Look around. This is your family. And they want to walk with you and they want to help you through this life. And maybe your burdens are too heavy today. What better time than to ask them to pray with you? Maybe it is you have fallen out of love with Jesus. What better time than the present? Than to come down here and to say, I'm ready to be back in love with Jesus. And no matter what happens tomorrow or the rest of this day, you know that Jesus stands ready. The Lord stands ready to welcome you into His kingdom. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment, but come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.